It's time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Thank you, Chad Erickson, and thank you to you for being with us on this Wednesday edition of the show. We got a busy one today. We got a live one here. <laughs> uh, Bill Bender will stop by from the Sporting News. Talk about college football with him. I thought we weren't going to have to talk to him for a while, but then this 5 plus 7 deal was announced uh, in college football on Tuesday, so we'll get the lowdown on that from him. What are the high points? What are the low points of it? Uh, Brian Kenny will stop by coming up in about 10 minutes, get some thoughts with the MLB Network host. Um, What's going on with these free agents? Is anybody going to sign? Is, uh, you know, as we talked about yesterday on the show, is um, Blake Snell the tipping point for the American League East if the Yankees should get him? Uh, what does he make of the mess that is the Oakland A's and this sort of purgatory that they're in while they wait to go to Las Vegas? We'll talk about all that with Brian. Something to consider. Jimmy Johnson back in the mix. He's back in the circle of trust in Dallas with uh, Jerry Jones. So we'll get into that and some interesting comments from Antonio Pierce. But we started out in college basketball. UConn falling to Creighton. Now, you know what? This is this is legitimate time for court storming. I don't have any problem if you want to storm the court after you uh, beat the tar out of the number one team in the country and you beat a number one team for the first time in the history of your program and you're Creighton and you want to do that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. This is, this is legitimate court storming. We've seen plenty of illegitimate court storming. But this is legitimate court storming. Oh, there's Sam Yarnell, ladies and gentlemen. Joins us on the program each and every day. Um, so Creighton beats UConn. And again, kudos to the to the Blue Jays. I, I mean, I'm a UConn fan as much of as I can be, considering I didn't go to the school. I'm just a fan because I grew up in Connecticut and watched them for all those years. Um, so I guess I'm kind of a, a, a haphazard, fair-weatherish fan. But we see them lose last night, and look, I'm not, I'm not going to make too much out of it. It doesn't change me from from the standpoint that I still think UConn is the team to beat as we go to March. I know some people will point towards Purdue, and we'll get into the odds a little bit on this, Sam. But a good win for Creighton. Kudos to them. Storm the court, everybody! Storm the court. It remains uh, impossible to win. If you're a number one in the Big East on the road, uh, the, the numbers mm. against them are crazy, Jason. I think uh, 0-3 in the last, I want to say, three or four years that we've had a number one in the Big East go on the road and lose uh, to a top 10 or uh, outside the top 10 team. Creighton was number 10. This was wild, and I think it was even wilder coming off of the UConn win over Marquette this mm-hmm. past weekend because you had them, you know, you had Marquette come into UConn and get the doors blown off them. It was a 30-point game, and now you have UConn in the middle of nowhere in, in Nebraska get the doors blown off of them. This college basketball season is crazy, but I think the Big East is – either a lot stronger or a lot weaker than we thought it was. They're definitely not what we thought they were through the first 12 weeks of the season. I mean, it's the 15th ranked team in the country they lost to. It's it's hardly a terrible um, 
you know, it's hardly a terrible team that that UConn lost to. Lost to them by a lot. But is it but is it really that surprising? You start sniffing your own stuff after you beat the tar out of Marquette. I mean, is it really that shocking that there was a that there was a letdown here? I don't know what the odds were on this game beforehand. I almost wish I did. Um, UConn was laying three in the game, or I think it, it started at three in the morning and moved to two as we got yeah, closer to game yeah. time. There was action on Creighton. Yeah, and there should be in that spot because if there was ever a spot for a letdown, UConn having won whatever it was fifteen in a row, it made sense. It's not. It's. I, I'm just not shocked by. I'm shocked by the margin. Of defeat for UConn, but I'm not shocked about the fact that it happened. So I'm interested to get into the odds on this, Jason, yeah, here we are. because just to make the final four before yesterday's game, UConn, I know for a fact, was minus 105 with our friends at FanDuel, and they were the heavy favorite to win the national championship with Houston right behind them. Have the numbers changed very yeah. much? Now they are plus to make the final four. UConn is plus 110. Um, Purdue is plus 180. Houston is plus 180. Arizona is plus 240. Tennessee is plus 300. Iowa State is plus 400. Now, to win it all um, for the national championship, UConn is plus oh. five. UConn is plus 500. Houston is plus 800 along with Purdue. Arizona is 1,100. Tennessee, 1,400. North Carolina plus 2,000. Isn't the Final Four in Phoenix this year? I think it is. Uh, I, I, think I think it might it be. Is. I'm not think it honestly is. completely sure. Uh, so, th But this is very interesting to me because yeah. that one game moved uh, the number on UConn to make the Final Four a dollar and five cents. And then it moved the national championship number 70 cents. I believe they were plus 430 yesterday. That's wild that mm. one loss to a top 15 team is going to shake them up that much when they just beat a, a team that, you know, in Marquette probably would have had a number one seed, definitely a number two seed. Uh, and you're talking about Creighton, who's a, a five seed, a four seed. It, it's very interesting when you think about these games in the scheme of the tournament. But at the end of the day, we talk about the the trapezoid of excellence, right? When you mm. look at net rating by uh, net rating on the x-axis and on the y-axis, you have the pace of the team. And UConn is still up with Houston uh, and all these other national title contenders. I don't I don't think that there's any reason to worry about UConn. Their success. It has been measured in levels this season, and this is just a blip on the radar it's, to me. Speaking of conferences, by the way, you can't even get odds on FanDuel right now for the Big East. Like they're just they're not even offering it. It's just there's other conferences listed, but you can't even get them on the Big East right now. There are actually more listed today than there were yesterday, uh, up until that Iowa Iowa State Houston game on Monday night. Uh, we had Big 12 odds that have shifted dramatically, right? Iowa State was, I think, plus 180 at that point to win the conference. Mm. Obviously, Houston gets the huge win at home, and now they're Houston minus 270 uh, to win the Big 12. The end of this college basketball season is going to be a huge shakeup, Jason. I'm excited for it. Uh, Sam, take a break. We'll come back to you in about 25 or 30 minutes for something to consider. Brian Kenny joins us coming up in a couple of minutes. We'll get some thoughts with him around Major League Baseball. The start of spring training. Oh, I can smell that freshly cut grass. Sports Wrap continues. 
over 13 million Americans were affected by identity theft in 2022, and the threats go way beyond just credit card fraud. Today's identity thieves can use your information in ways that are easy to miss by just monitoring accounts and credit, like opening loans, transferring home titles, even committing crimes. Someone got my social security number, made a driver's license, and it was used for criminal activity. You can do so much with a social security number that I didn't know could happen. They drained my bank account. It was terrifying. You're even more vulnerable than you realize. Your information is exposed through online shopping, banking, even corporate data breaches. No wonder there's a new victim of identity theft every three seconds. Only LifeLock alerts you to the widest volume of threats all in one place, like someone trying to use your social security number, open a new loan in your name, or even commit a crime in your name. There was a big yes button and there was a big no button. I clicked, that's not me, and LifeLock took it from there. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will be assigned to your case and work to fix the issue on your behalf. If something happens, you have somebody fighting for you. All LifeLock members are backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package, including reimbursement for stolen funds, personal expenses, and coverage for lawyers and experts up to $1 million. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. With LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. I will be with LifeLock forever. Join the millions of people already protected by LifeLock. And for a limited time, save 25% on your first year with promo code 25TV. All plans include a 60-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-710-7531 or visit lifelock.com slash 25TV to save 25% on your first year of identity theft protection. Enroll now. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who was injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Welcome back to the show. Just before our normal recording window today, I had the opportunity to catch up with Brian Kenny, who does a great job on MLB Network. Spring training has sprung. Brian and I talked about a whole bunch of items around Major League Baseball from Blake, Sm- Blake Snell all the way to the Oakland A's and the dysfunction there. It's my favorite time of the year. I, I just love spring training. I was just I was just talking with Brian Kenny off the air who's with us on the show today about the fact that I've never been to a spring training, which I, I know, but I've always been on the air and working and never could get away. And I was always living in the Northeast and all that stuff. So I never had a chance to get to spring training. But I said, this is the year. I'm only four hour drive to Phoenix. This this is the year I'm gonna make it out to Phoenix. And now that I found out you're gonna be out there, I'm now I'm definitely going out there. You should go. I know what you mean, though. Like people think if you're if you cover sports, you're in the business. You're like always going to spring training. It's like who's sending you? Like you need someone to send you. And you know, like uh, I went a few times in local, and then started going with ESPN. But I'm not there. I wasn't there a ton until I got to MLB Network, and now I'm there every year. But you will like it. I mean, there's a reason people go nuts about it. It's much more relaxed. You actually get to speak to players. You get to talk to different, you know, all levels 
within the baseball organization, from the president of baseball ops to coaches you'd never otherwise speak with. And you really get a sense of what an organization is all about and why some teams win and some teams don't. You really get a sense of that. This is totally off the beaten path, but I got to say this. I, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but I've always thought it for sure. You have the greatest job in the world. You talk about you. I mean, I, I mean, you do the boxing <laughs> stuff too, and I respect that. But you get to. I mean, you get. You've got the three sixty five major league baseball job. Well, I mean, which of all the things, if somebody said, if somebody pinned me down and said one thing I could do, that'd be it. That'd be it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm not going to deny it. I think about, you know, my wife asked me one time, like when, you know, it was, you know, you know, contract talks with MLB network. And she said, what do you, what would you really like to do? And I say, well, I'd really like to have my own baseball show where I get to write my own essays and do my own baseball things and my own ideas and interview anyone I want and then cover the hall of fame and then go to the hall of fame induction ceremony and then go back in the winter when they make the announcement. And I said, I have that job now. It's like, true. I think the job I have now is the one I kind of want. It really is true. I, I, I for at one point wanted to do play by play, and I did some double A ball and some independent ball, and I just saw the grind that was, and I, I said, better off just just doing the talk show host thing. All right, that's real work. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I know, I, I've seen guys do, it, and that's grind. fun. Guys, you know, there's reason guys do that until they're like in their 80s. <laughs> it is yes. fun, but um, it's a, it is a real grind, and there's a price to be paid, especially if you're doing something year round. If then you start calling some basketball games, but I, yeah, I, I, I'd rather look at it. And uh, again, I find baseball fascinating, and it's certainly invigorating on a pitch by pitch basis. But I have to admit, like since the sabermetric analytics revolution. I do like stepping back and trying to assess what is really happening and find, you know, the hidden game of baseball as it's known. So I know you're on standby for breaking news. So let's let's talk about the news that hasn't broken. And that's these free agents. Can you ever remember a time that there were this many high caliber quality players available that could really change the fortunes of some teams, potentially push some over the top that are just sitting out there and not signed? Yes, and there was that kind of um, it was kind of a freeze out a couple of years ago, um, where there were like just it, it it depends on like what the crop uh, is and what the what the revenue streams are. Now, uh, revenue is still quite high in baseball, and you can see that with the teams that are spending. You know, uh, payrolls are still going up. However, I said from the very outset, like Jason, I wasn't studying the free agent class during the season. I'm very involved in the season, but like the moment, like the, the world series ended, I was like, okay, let me look at the free agent class. Like, you know, I had an idea, obviously, uh, Shohei Otani, obviously I'd done many essays on what you can pay one player, how much, what Otani might be worth. I did a ton of that. But as far as, Hey, let me look at everybody who's available. As soon as I saw it, I went, Oh, if I'm a GM, I'm out. <laughs> Meaning don't win the winter, win the summer. And everyone gets excited about signing players and getting the big-time free agent. If I'm a general manager, if I'm running a club, and I've studied this for a long time, I, on the by and large, stay away from the mega deals. Stay away. I would extend and do contract extensions for my own homegrown players. I'd lay out $100 million, $200 million for my own 23-year-old shortstop, sure. like Bobby Witt, like the Royals did. Uh, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. like the Braves did. But as far as like, hey, big time free agents, let's get involved. Like, 
That's half of those deals are teams you are, are deals you later regret. All right. That said, it's it's a matter of Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, even guys that have been signed already, Jorge Soler. These are very, as I call them, mercurial free agents. And that's not to denigrate them, but there's an erratic element to their performance. Their ceilings are sky high. Bellinger was the best player in the National League. Blake Snell, just last year, best pitcher in the National League. And yet their low, their floor is quite low. Uh, so I'm sure their agent, Scott Boris, wants them to be paid for their best seasons. And I think GMs are like, I think we want to pay somewhere in the middle. And I think that's what's holding it up. And I think even a guy like Matt Chapman, who's a very attractive player, but really doesn't hit a ton anymore. Good all-around player. I think they're just there's an expectation that, hey, this is now when I become super rich when GMs are going, hey, look, I'm evaluating this. Most teams evaluate players the same way as I do. And I'm looking at it and saying, wait a second, I'm not paying you off your best season when you had three in a row that were just barely above league average. I, I won't, I'm investing in you. In fact, if it's 200 to $300 million, Jason, I always say this, the GM is essentially marrying that guy. Do you want to marry that guy? And a lot of those guys, no, I do not want to marry. I, I'd love them if they were in my organization. I love that the Cubs bought low on Bellinger. They maybe should have tried to not get an ex, you know, uh, an opt-out, try to get a two- or three-year deal, but they didn't. So he opted out. And now I got the sense early on that a lot of these guys would be too rich for my blood and the average GM's blood. So they're just going to have to wait it out. Uh, we're going we're to continue the conversation here with Brian Kenny. We got another segment with him coming up on the other side. Um, does Blake Snell, and one of the questions I'm going to ask you, Brian, so I'll prepare you in advance. Does Bla Is Blake Snell the tipping point? If he goes to the Yankees as opposed to the Orioles and not one of the West Coast teams, is he the tipping point? in the American League East or the American League at large? We'll ask Brian Kenny that question and get his answer as we continue on Sports Wrap on this Wednesday edition of the program. Don't go anywhere. we got a lot more to do. Good to have you with us. this Wednesday edition of the show. Brian Kenny hanging out with us from MLB Network. You still doing uh, noon weekdays during the season? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll pick up just before the regular season starts. But you're exactly. going to be all over the place during spring training, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Covering teams uh, out in uh, Cactus League and doing team previews. 30 clubs in 15 days oh, this year. I love it. Oh, it's the greatest. It's, it's got to be a grind, though. That 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 stretch, that couple of weeks, that fifteen days, got to be a bit of a grind. Yeah, I'm not doing every team. <laughs> the most I've done is eight. I'm like, I'm a relief pitcher, baby. I come in, I specialize. I throw smoke and I get out. You, you want the ball here? Take it. Right. I got my inning. I'm done. I'm good. All right, fair enough. Um, talk to me about Blake Snell. And, and you know, of all the guys left out there, that's the one that people seem to say could be the tipping point for some teams. If the Yankees get them, does it make them the, the favorite in the AL East and in the AL to you? And then, is it Clark Schmidt that's out? Is it Nestor Cortez that's out? Because it sounds like the Yankees right now still are the favorite to land Snell unless somebody comes in and blows them away with this you know crazy deal that he wants with all these years. Well, you know, I don't know, and that is 
kind of exactly what I was talking about in the previous segment was which Blake Snell are we getting? Look, if you knew you could get the 2023 version of Blake Snell, then the answer is probably yes. Um, I'm not sure if they're better than the Orioles even with him, but if you have a 2023 version or which was it, the 2018 version of Blake Snell that was also great, like that, that the bookend years of greatness for Snell, yep, big difference maker. Uh, and he definitely could tip the balance of power. But do you get the guy who pitched four years in between? That was merely good. You know, 136 innings of an ERA plus of, I don't know, 110. Barely above league, barely above league average. You know, 100 is league average. Uh, so, you know, to speak, if people don't speak that language, like, it, is he going to have an ERA of, of 2.75 or an ERA of 4.5? He's done both. So I don't know. He's a mercurial performer. But I watched him a lot last year, Jason. I am a fan of his work. I'm just saying I'm reticent to back up the truck. And if people think they're the Yankees, they can afford it. Yeah, every time you spend, you know, and it doesn't hit, it costs you. And if you're a Yankee fan, you already know that because you're looking at Giancarlo Stanton every year. And he stops you from doing other things. If you sign Snell and he wants six or seven years or something like that, well, the last, even if he pays off early, the last couple of years, you're going to be, Brian Cashman will be stopped from doing other things because of that contract. You, you have to be very wary. Do you do you believe the three for 105, the three years for 105 talk? I, I keep, I thought it was like they were thinking five for 150, you know, so it's essentially the same sort of thing. It's like yeah. 30 million. By the way, like 30 million. Wow, that's getting paid. Like, that's real money. Like, even in baseball. So I'm not like, you know, being a hater and, oh, the, the industry is rich. Which means, no, $30 million a year is huge money. I, I call any player over $20 million an aircraft carrier. That's your, you know, your, your aircraft carrier player. And so anything $30 million is a super carrier, like the Gerald R. Ford that goes to the Middle East when there's trouble. Right, this mega aircraft carrier yes. so that's an enormous amount of money that he's not getting slighted with 30 million a year is i i don't like to do hyperbole but i and maybe this isn't hyperbolic is there a manager or head coach in all of sports the history of the game with more pressure on him than dave roberts uh, i can't think of one i really can't Think of a coach with more pressure to succeed and not just win, make a world. He's got to win it all. There is nothing short of winning a World Series that is now acceptable for that franchise. Well, yeah, that, again, you're at, you're making a big ask there. Look, I think Casey Stengel was, was let go by the Yankees after <laughs> I think he said, look, I'll never not win the World Series and turn 70 in the same year again, right? Uh, so, like, he got, he got canned after being basically the winningest manager in the history of the game. Uh, the best championship manager ever. So, uh, yeah, he's up there. And I even remarked on today's MLB Tonight, you know, they're not just winning 100 games a year. They're winning like 107 a year. I mean, they're winning 106, 111, 105, 104, year after year. And that's before they got Otani and Yamamoto. You know, so, yeah, I hear you. If, If they have an early exit in the postseason, like say they don't win a series, I think they have real problems. I think Dave Roberts will have real problems, which is unfair because you just look, we've seen the last few years, the Braves get dropped without winning. The Mets two years ago got dropped without winning a single series. Dodgers get dropped without winning a single series. A lot of times it happens and you can't 
control it. However, I'm with you that he can win 113 games this year, get dropped in the division series like they did last year, and he might have an issue with management, with ownership. Yeah, he really might. Um, How much of a blight on Major League Baseball is this A's situation? I know it's been resolved to the degree we know they're going to Vegas. But what the what the interim looks like really doesn't look good for Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's bleak. I think for them, for the players, for the fans, I can't remember a situation like this where it's a, a lame duck situation. And maybe we have to go back a long ways to like the early expansion or something. And I, I don't remember. I don't remember a, a situation like this where you have a lame duck team playing in front of that home city that was already not drawing well. Um, but look, I, I look at it like the A's, when they were winning 97 games back-to-back, back, how were they drawing? They weren't drawing great. And I know the fans that do show up are very psyched, and and it, and it is a shame in a lot of ways. But again, in, in Tampa Bay or in Oakland, those teams won a lot and kind of consistently the A's haven't stunk for a long time. They were very good for the previous couple of years before last year. Again, 97 wins back-to-back. So, like, I get it. At a certain point, you've got to draw. And most cities are pulling in 40,000 people a night. So you've got to be able to compete with that. That said, like, I get it. Vegas is a great sports town. It's not just the betting and the strip and everything else. That community really supports its hockey team. Um, so I think it can support a baseball team, but is it, is it a shame again? Uh, yes, obviously my sons, you know, went to school out there. Yeah. One of my sons interned for, for Farhan Zaidi when he was out there, cause he was a Berkeley economics kid and they just loved his baseball acumen. And he loved it there. He said, these are great people. And going to the, I, I like the stadium. I didn't think it was terrible. I enjoyed the days in the sunshine. I get it. But like, you got to look at the raw numbers. How many are showing up at the park? And they just really weren't drawn. No, they certainly weren't. Uh, Brian, there's never enough time. I always appreciate it. Let's do it as we uh, get into the season. Uh, Enjoy spring training, and hopefully we get to catch up soon. Good. Come out to Arizona. Give it a shot. Drive, (laughs) you know, you're in Arizona. Drive out a couple of blocks. I'll do it. We'll talk to you soon. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who was injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday edition of the show. I thought I was going to give Bill Bender a break. Thought our friend from the Sporting News would would get a little time before we get into some of the offseason stuff and college football and NFL, but no. We just can't resist. He's that taste you just can't resist. Bill Bender of the Sporting News hanging out with us uh, on the program. All right, Bill. Um... Make it simple for for simpletons like myself to understand the five plus seven and what college football and the managers of the playoff have decided to do with who gets in, how they get in. Just go. It's your segment. Yeah, you know they it, they want the power four 
which is the power four now to get their automatic bids and they want to pull somebody else in and make it look like, Hey, we're letting the group of five in with this team. Um, and, and the at-large bids will definitely be dominated by the SEC and the Big Ten. There are a few holes in this Death Star. One, Notre Dame has to win four games no matter what they do. The first time they go 12-0 and and they have to play as a 5-12 game, there's going to be an uproar, right? The home games, there are a lot of flaws with this. And one thing I keep, I'm going to ask you this question. Sure. And I pass this to everybody. What if this isn't good next year? What if the first round is just absolutely objectively terrible what are we gonna do i but look i my immediate impression when i read it is that this is something that is going to be very fluid this is the way this looks in year one is not how it's going to look in year two it sure as hell isn't how it's going to look in year five they're going to just tweak it as needed which means i think it hurts a little bit from a legitimacy standpoint because there are going to be be people that say, well, if in year one they had done what they did in year three, when we're looking at this three, four, five years down the road, people are going to drive themselves crazy. Well, I think the next two years are an experiment, and the TV contract to me is not an accident because of that. Like, we will watch, but the point I keep trying to make to people, so let's say Notre Dame goes 12-0 and next year, plays Troy in a 5-12 game. I'm just throwing Troy out there, and it's a terrible game. Unlike March Madness... You're stuck with that game for four hours. It's not like the first round in March when Gonzaga's thumping. I, I keep picking on Monmouth today. I'm going to pick <laughs> on him one more time. And uh, they're thumping them by 30, and you can just flip the TV. You can't do that here, and I think that's one of the dangers. Um, it's not like a bull game where we casually flip it right off, and then you're stuck with it for four hours. I think that's one thing we're looking at. And the SEC and the Big Ten – Here's one thing I keep asking people. What do we do next year when Texas, Georgia, and LSU all finish 11-1? and one? And maybe Ole Miss finishes 11-1? and one? What are you going to do with <laughs> stop, that conference championship Stop game? throwing what? questions at me. I brought you on to answer the questions, not that, add more questions. I know. These are the questions <laughs> I have about the system. So I'm pawning them off on others to just say, don't look at me when it happens. That's it. That's what you got for me is more questions. I mean, what's the what's the biggest outside of Notre Dame who you mentioned? Who's going to have the biggest gripe in this? I think teams like Ohio State and Alabama or not Alabama, Georgia and the Texas is the ones that don't get a home game. Mm. You know, for you get a one through four seed, they're going to be the regulars. They're not going to have questions about making the playoff, but they are going to have questions about and we won that. Why are why why can't we get a home game? You know, in the semis. So in that round of four, that's the biggest hold of me is why can't we have home games those first two rounds? Then you can start rotating the Bulls. Those New Year's Day six Bulls can host the semis in the final game. That's fine. Biggest difference between this and the NFL is, you know, the NFL conference championship games, they get to host. And that's in some ways one of my favorite weekends of the year. So if you're Ohio State, Georgia, the regulars, probably don't, I mean, for season ticket purposes too, you could offer that first playoff game out there. How does it change? Does it change anything from a scheduling standpoint? I think it's going to hurt non-conference games in the short term. That what is the incentive for Michigan to play Texas outside the Big Ten, other than to be forgiven for a loss, maybe, when you're going into a conference that's absolutely brutal? I mean, Michigan, the last two years, we we cracked on their non-conference schedule incessantly, and it was bad. 
and it didn't hurt them. I would, but that's how I would do it. I think if my conference has 18 teams and the schedule's loaded, why would I not treat those first three games like a preseason and mm. go play a group of five schools? I would all day long. And you know these these ads are smart. They're going to do that, right? So I think we lose those September non-con showdowns. And part of me is like, that's fine because yeah, maybe but that we get gets Michigan. you pumped up early in the season for college football. I got you, but what if I'm watching Michigan in September and I don't get that in September, and the trade-off is a seven ten game in the playoff that isn't a rematch? I'm probably okay with that, but. There still will be, and the neutral site games might be impacted a little bit. Not next year. The Chick-fil-A kickoff game has Clemson and Georgia right out of the gate. Gate. That's going to be a great game. But I just think we think we can talk about all the metrics that we always talk about, Jason, but it always comes down to when they make those final decisions, last year notwithstanding, it's typically about the wins and loss total. It's funny that people like you, much lesser to a degree people like me have foresight to see where the possible problems with this are yet these people who are enlisted with the task of trying to figure out how to do this don't see it early on got 20 seconds go right i think that's something to keep in mind down the road it's a two-year experiment if they like it we'll keep doing it but we never uh, subtract teams we'll only add more i've never heard of a playoff subtracting teams once they've started down this road. No, no, there's definitely not going to be a subtraction. Uh, let's just be happy we got 12, right? I mean, th- exactly. isn't that isn't that the bottom line in all of this? Let's just be happy we got 12 teams finally, right? At least for one year, we can be happy about it. We'll try it out, see what happens. Bill Bender, check out his work in the Sporting News. Bill, I always appreciate it, my friend. Be well. Hey, thank you. All right, we're coming back. Uh, who are we being joined by? Sam Yarnell will join us. Something to consider right around the corner on Sports Wrap. Hi, friends. Richard Karn here. Now, I'm known as the guy who can fix just about anything, but the technology in most appliances requires very special training to fix. And that's why my family has Choice Home Warranty. Choice Home Warranty covers over 25 major home systems and appliances. That's your AC, heating, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances, and so much more. Imagine for less than a cup of coffee a day, Choice Home Warranty can help protect you from expensive major system and appliance breakdowns that your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover. Call Choice Home Warranty now and get access to a nationwide network of over 15,000 technicians and the latest appointment setting technology so you'll know when they're on their way. So, do what this old DIYer did and call Choice Home Warranty now before something breaks down. Get protection for your heating, AC, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances, and more. Call for your free quote today. Call in the next five minutes and get your first month free. 800-394-8109. Good to have you with us as we continue on this Wednesday edition of the show. Thanks again to Brian Kenny and Bill Bender for hanging out with us on the program today. Sam Arnell will join us in a couple minutes when we talk about the Raiders. Odds and ends right around the corner. Sam will have some PGA Tour picks for you for this week's event in Mexico. <laughs> also, uh, a notable retirement in Major League Baseball uh, coming down today. So we'll get to all of that. But first time for something to consider. 
Something to consider as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys. Jimmy Johnson is back in the fold. According to an interview he gave on the radio, Jimmy Johnson is now on Jerry Jones' advisory board. I'm curious to know how that advisory board works exactly. Do people get in a room with Jerry Jones, make a bunch of suggestions, and he goes, no, I don't like yours, 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 yours. We're going to go with mine. Because we all know at the end of the day, the only opinion that matters in Dallas as it relates to the Cowboys organization is that of Jerry Jones. And until that changes, there is no impetus for change. There is nothing that ultimately moves this Cowboys team from relevant but not a Super Bowl contender to actually being relevant and a Super Bowl contender. What does Jimmy Johnson bring to that? And it is kind of funny how this all sort of turned in the last nine months to a year with Jerry Jones announcing that Jimmy Johnson would be put into the Cowboys Hall of Fame, their ring of honor, if you will. They had that nice moment down on the field, all of that great good feelings. But at the end of the day, what does Jimmy Johnson think he's actually going to be able to accomplish? Do you think Jerry Jones at the age of whatever is less entrenched in his stubbornness, less entrenched in his positions about how to run this Cowboys organization? Here's the last part of this that is still mind-boggling to me. When you look at the odds for the Super Bowl for 2025, the Dallas Cowboys are tied for the fifth best odds to win the Super Bowl. And you you still have to ask the question, how? On what planet? What great change is going to take place with this roster, with this team, with ownership, with the head coach, with the quarterback? That leads you to believe anything different is going to happen with the Cowboys. You want to talk about lighting money on fire, as Sam likes to say. You want to talk about lighting money on fire. The epitome of lighting money on fire when it comes to sports betting right now is any bet having to do with the Cowboys winning anything other than a division title or being a playoff team. And who knows if they'll even be a division title winner next year. Do we honestly think the Eagles are not going to make some moves in this offseason to improve upon a team that got off to a great start but obviously had a lousy finish to the season? We'll have to wait and see. But still, wonders never cease. Cowboys winning those offseason headlines with Jimmy Johnson being back in the fold. Something to consider. Should Antonio Pierce consider saying less as it relates to trying to defeat Patrick Mahomes and how they're going to go about trying to defeat Patrick Mahomes in 2024? This one's interesting. I think that, so I've gone back and forth on this, and I think that it's okay for Antonio Pierce to do this only because it's the Las Vegas Raiders. In literally any other franchise, I don't think it goes, but when you look at the history of the Raiders, they've always been that tough, gritty football team. They're like the Dan Campbell of football teams. (laughs) Uh, So you think about the Black Hole back when they were in Oakland, uh, you know, guys like Marshawn Lynch being a huge part of that. And now who is it? It's Max Crosby. 
And what does Max Crosby do? Exactly that. He's that gritty kind of guy. I think in saying this whole Jordan rules thing with the Mahomes rules, I I think Pierce was really catering to the guy sitting right next to him when he said that, which was Max Crosby. And I think he's just trying to get, get the boys amped for the season. Don't poke the bear. That's all I'm going to say. And I like Antonio Pierce. I'm really glad he got that job that, and, and, you know, the Raiders have always been very proactive and, um, and great at, at giving minorities an opportunity. So we shouldn't be surprised that Antonio Pierce got the job, I guess, when all was said and done as much as we thought, maybe it would be Gruden or somebody like that. Um, <laughs> I, not Gruden, sorry. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. That's what I meant to say. So, so, I mean, we, sh- you know, I, we shouldn't be surprised that they went with somebody like an Antonio Pierce, but ultimately, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. You know, sort of poking the bear. Here's the quote from Antonio Pierce on this podcast he was on. We've got the Jordan rules and what I'm calling from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the '80s before he became Michael Jordan, Air Jordan. The Pistons used to whoop his. You know what? Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, feeling them, love taps. We touched them. We're in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. So I showed those guys Jordan getting his you know what whooped. That was his, uh, that was his case for how he's going to try to do it with Patrick Mahomes. They, they think they have the formula, the secret sauce, so to speak, for how to beat Patrick Mahomes because of one game. Which, by the way, then catapulted that Chiefs team to a Super Bowl. So, good luck. I don't know, Jason. Raiders might be live to win the West here. We're talking about Harbaugh in LA, Reed in Kansas City, and Peyton in Denver. Antonio Pierce, firmly the fourth best uh, coach (laughs) in that division. They might be live. Who knows? Uh, Raiders to win the Super Bowl next year, by the way, are uh, plus 8,000 right now. Just want to put that out there. 81? Ah. Book it! <laughs> Odds and Ends is next. Just about time to put the reps on this baby for a Wednesday. If you have not subscribed to the podcast vodcast version of the show. What are you waiting for? It's on Spotify and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Go and do so today. Right now, time for odds and ends. Uh, Odds and ends. There's a golf event this weekend. I didn't even know. Uh, Apparently, it's called the Mexico Open at Vedanta. I don't know where it is. It's probably in Mexico. Uh, But because I haven't done any homework on it, and I know absolutely nothing about it, uh, we have enlisted Sam Yarnell to give some betting advice on a tournament that about seven people will be watching come Sunday. What do you got for me, Sam? Vedanta Vallarta Country Mm. Club. Come on, give me me some of that flavor. Give me some of that flavor. This is an interesting track. This is a course. This is an event that's changed names and hands, I think, three times over the last 10 years. Uh, However, it's been played at this very same course for the last three years, I believe. 
The thing about this course is it plays well to the bombers, to the long hitters, uh, but at the same time, it won't kill you if if you're very short. Um, it's not a very hard course. We're going to be looking at some low scores, I would think. Um, we'll see. It'll be very interesting to see where all of this goes. Tony Finau, currently your favorite, uh, and the only player in this field under 10 to 1, Jason, and listen, it's hard for me to pick Tony Finau to win an event, even when he's this short of a favorite. Getting such a good price for a favorite to get that kind of price is very interesting. I'm going to go one down. We're going to start with Nikolai Hoygaard. Listen, we know Hoygaard's got the strength. We know the dude hits the snot out of the golf ball. I think that that plays well to him this season. Uh, but I think that starts kind of here down in Mexico. Vedanta is an open course. Like I said, you don't have a ton of elevation change. I don't think that you really have to worry about that generally with Nikolai. We saw him perform well on the tour last season. I think that he gets close. I think that we'll have a good cash out opportunity come Sunday with this 14 to one price. My other two players to win outright their long shots, Jason, because what do we know about the PGA tour this, this year? Season, it's yeah. that long shots make us a ton mm -hmm. of money because they're the ones that usually win. Yep. Uh, you'll notice the long shot prices in this event. Since we have a longer shot, uh, of a favorite, the long shot prices are going to be a little bit shorter. We've been looking at hundreds to ones, two hundreds to ones. Let's tone it down a little bit. Let's go to the 60 to ones because I like both of these prices uh, on your boy Alejandro Toasty and your boy Austin Eckroat. Toasty <laughs> has had career success at this course. I think he does well. Eckroat, not a long hitter, but a guy who can really play to the Vedanta short game. Uh, I think that he has some success in this tournament. Yes, go ahead. You let, have something to add. Let me tell you something. When I went to go Google all of these guys that you've put in as potential winners, you know what Google came back with when I went to look for pictures? The It came back, the, the screen flipped over. It said, who? That's what it said. That's what it said. So uh, congratulations. We're not done there. We're not done there. Oh, God. Please uh, make it three leg Please parlay make it for you. Please all make three it of stop. these players to finish oh in the top God. 20. It's like a root canal. Steven Yeager. Alejandro Toasty, Nikolai Hoygaard, uh -huh. all to finish in the top 20, 12 to 1. Oh Give me that. And then we also oh. round-robined those three picks to all be in the top 20 as well. Uh, so let's make some money this weekend, Jason. <laughs> Hoygaard. Okay. Good. Um, Joaquin Neiman gets a uh, invitation to the Masters, even though he's on Live Golf. We've all known that this is kind of what the majors were going to do. They're going to let the live golfers play. It's their one shot uh, to get in front of some eyeballs because there's about 13 people watching live golf as opposed to the seven that will be watching the Mexico Open uh, this weekend. Last but not least, Eric Hosmer, congratulations. You have reached the end of the line. He announced his retirement uh, after, well, I don't know, 15 seasons in the league, something like that. Uh, Eric Hosmer part of that 2015 Kansas City Royals team uh, that won a World Series. He delivered for the folks in Kansas City. Eric Hosmer, who's only 15 minutes of relevance since that title in Kansas City nine years ago, uh, was when he was almost involved in the Juan Soto trade, but then wasn't. 
because because for whatever reason, he didn't want an opportunity to go play for a different team when he was hitting uh, around the Mendoza line with the Padres at the time, getting a start once every five days. Uh, good riddance, Eric Hosmer. Uh, wasn't a great guy for baseball throughout his time in his career. Come on. Um, and obviously, obviously the move to the Nationals, or denying the move to the Nationals was what hurt me personally. Uh, I mean, ending up with Luke Voigt instead of Eric Hosmer. You got to be kidding me. Bitter. Party of one. Your table Very. is Your table is ready. Uh, by the way, Royals this year, the youngest team in baseball from uh, my understanding. They're, they're, they're trotting a lot of kids onto the diamond as they get ready to uh, hopefully build a new ballpark there in Kansas City. That's going to put the wraps on us for this Wednesday. Thank you, Sam Yarnell. Appreciate it as always. We will be back on Thursday. Thank you to Brian Kenny for hanging out with us. Also, uh, my friend Bill Bender for jumping in on short notice to talk some college football. That's it for today. I'm Jason. Enjoy the Mexico Open. I gotta go. We'll see ya.